The Florida Panthers survive a trap game against the Chicago Blackhawks, avoid being swept, and use a third-period comeback despite having the lead. It gets to overtime, and then the Florida Panthers come out with a win, get the two points, and remain in the Eastern Conference wildcard race. On today's edition of the show, we're going to discuss the win, the comeback, and if we feel good about the win. We're going to discuss this next on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Saturday, March 11th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're at your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the YouTube channel and send in your screenshot of that and your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers and send it over to me at LO underscore FLA Panthers on Twitter or email it to me at Locked On FLA Panthers at gmail.com for your chance to win free tickets to an upcoming Panthers game. Best of luck, everybody. So the Cats, they best way we could say is that they survived, especially with lots of possession early, but the Panthers were just having troubles with puck retrieval, missing that. Gave up two rushes that resulted in goals. But the Florida Panthers come out with a comeback win despite having the lead and blowing it gets to overtime. And the, and the Florida Panthers come out with an overtime winner in, in FLA Live Arena on a Friday night where it was the front end of a back-to-back. Uh, and the Panthers knew. They spoke about it all week how this isn't a team that the Panthers could take lightly, especially about how they manhandled the Ottawa Senators and kept it close against the Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday night. But this is a great time to bring in my guest on the show. And more importantly, because this person experienced the game in person tonight, even though it is a later time slot as far as a Friday night and this is a Saturday release, technically it is still of Fairbanks Friday. So Nick Fairbanks is back on the show to talk about this 4-3 win for the Florida Panthers over the Chicago Blackhawks. Nick, welcome back to the show. And how is the atmosphere like tonight at FLA Live Arena? Oh, wait, hold on. You're on mute. Hold on. There you go. <laughs> Let me clear my throat a little bit just because uh, of all the yelling that uh, I did during that third period. Um, the crowd was spectacular. Um, they definitely had the energy tonight, whether the Panthers were playing well during parts of the game or when we were trying to cheer them on to make a comeback. Um, they definitely came more alive in the third period, and um, I think the Panthers really fed off of it. But thank you again for having me back and, uh, you know, putting uh, putting me on the post-game show. Absolutely, man. And, and it's crazy. The Panthers, now they have their second – three-game winning streak of the season. Crazy to think that with 
all the up and down ups and downs of the season. It's funny because the last time they were on a three game winning streak that you came on the show last time around, it was a, a, <laughs> about a month to the day that it happened. And you know, the Panthers have, and, and credit to the Panthers. I mean, Steve Goldstein brought it up at the beginning of the, of the game uh, that they're nine Oh one one after a regulation loss uh, in, in 2023 in the calendar year. And of course, with the situation of, you know, we've been talking about in the over the last week about how this Panthers team has been the healthiest of the, that they've been. Unfortunately, Anthony Duclair missed tonight's game due to an illness. Palmer spoke about how he was hopeful to play uh, for tomorrow's game against the Winnipeg Jets. Casey Fitzgerald has to play forward lines as a defenseman, but he has played um, uh, he has played forward um, in his junior career. So so not some not something that he's not used to and all that stuff. But it's crazy to think that Panthers dominated the possession most of most of the, the game, but it's just little itty bitty mistakes. I mean, the first the first goal it was uh, was Brandon Montour going up on the play trying to trying to pinch, and then it leads to the the rush that has Caleb Jones uh, scoring, and and then the the second one it's an it's another rush where Gus Forsling was a little bit too much to his right, and then that allows uh, Boris Kachuk. Uh, of course, we know him from the from his days with the Tampa Bay Lightning, part of the the uh, Brandon Hagel trade there too, and just silly, silly itty bitty mistakes that that made this game a lot more stressful than it had to be. Definitely, and it was more or less what I like to call mental errors. You know, as you said, Brandon Montour decided to pinch at the wrong time, which caused the two on one. Um, and nothing but Brodsky could do on that shot by Caleb Jones. That was just a perfect shot in the upper right corner. Um, nothing he could really do about that. And then you had the Kachuk uh, goal that, listen, you know, that could have gone either way. I mean, he could have gotten a stick on it, could have gotten right into uh, Bob's chest, or it ended up the way it did. It just went right through his arm and went into the goal. So, I mean, both goals I wouldn't put on Bob. Uh, just the team was not really playing, you know, the way that they should. I think they were taking chances when they shouldn't. Um, and, you know, when we talk about the second period and everything, that's when you really start to see Florida really start to, you know, activate the demon and everything. But um, Chicago outplayed them for the first 30 minutes. Let's be honest. It was physical. It was a physical game for them. Uh, they were winning puck battles, and Florida just didn't seem that they were interested in playing that type of game. So, um, you know, as you said in the opening that, you know, they shouldn't be taking this team lightly. They took them lightly for the first 30 minutes and they paid for it. Yeah. And definitely one that you, you can't, you can't. And the, the Panthers escaped. I mean, you think about offensive zone time, uh, for, for the Panthers, even after two periods, it was 15, around 15 minutes to eight minutes offensive zone time for the Florida Panthers and puck retrieval was just not, not there for the, for, for the Panthers neither. I mean, you didn't you didn't see too many uh, red jerseys crowding around uh, Peter Mrazek uh, tonight, and and not to mention that they didn't. Of course, Mrazek was is, is the they didn't even had a have a backup goalie there. They had an e bug uh, there, a, lo a local a local kid from Por Coral Springs who was who who was there as well. And of course, the Panthers going to the box a little too much in in this one. Of course, second straight game with a too many men uh, penalty as well. The Bennett interference wasn't a fan of that one, but too many times that the Florida Panthers just uh, just uh, shoot themselves in the foot, and then there was a five on three as as well, which the Florida Panthers were able to kill off. I mean, one shot on goal on on, on the on the PK on that five on three. I mean, I'm I'm willing to say that it's more 
bad Blackhawks as far as good Panthers <laughs> on that PK as far as that. Uh, but passing lanes were closed, not connecting on the tape, and and the Panthers were winning the board battles on that on that PK. But as far as the the five on five numbers, I mean, I said it yesterday. The Panthers are plus twenty two heading into Friday night's game at five on five on the season. But it, it wasn't it wasn't showing as far as what they were doing. Uh, as far as as far as the five on five play during with those board battles and all that stuff no and you know that's basically how chicago was able to get the two nothing lead after the first period is that they really worked um for their goals i mean yeah they were on the rush and everything like that but you know had florida not been you know trying to push the play so much and not play smart you know play simple like the hawks were maybe they wouldn't have found them in the position that they were in but um Florida just always this season, they are the most penalized team. Uh, you would think that they would be wise to that and try to, you know, fix whatever is going on, you know, with the stick infractions. I know that there was like a week or two where it just seemed like every game there's a high sticking penalty, um, which thankfully that didn't happen tonight. Um, the two penalties as, that you mentioned, as far as like too many men on the ice, I thought was bogus. Um, they had the puck in the defensive zone and they were on a line change. Okay, they were nobody was the puck was not even near the bench, and yet the ref decided to call a too many men, uh, you know, penalty. Which to me, I can understand if the puck is in the area and you have six or seven guys on the ice that you know that's too many, but to say that they were back in the defensive zone with one defenseman with the puck and then they call it for a line change that's to me that's asinine. And then the Bennett one for interference, he was pushing another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I could hear him from the ice saying it wasn't me. It was the guy behind me that pushed me. So trying to, you know, uh, explain his case to the referee. But unfortunately, number 38 on the uh, referee uh, roster is not a big fan of the Florida Panthers tonight. So uh, hopefully we can get a name. And uh, next time he's roughing for us, you know, uh, and get more fans to say, uh, hey, ref, you, you know, the s-u-c-k <laughs> word you know what i'm saying yeah i, I mean uh, scouting the refs can provide those numbers for you for you if, if you look up number 38 and of course going to the box we mentioned going to the box too much and of course there was one one penalty that was self-inflicted by a stretch pass out of the panthers zone that was caused that caused a four on two for the chicago blackhawks that got Brandon Montour going to the box on a slash, but it, it prevented a scoring opportunity for the Panthers yep. as well. And even on their first power, um, power play opportunity that the Panthers were just struggling. I mean, struggling with zone entries uh, on that mm-hmm. one. And you heard it from the crowd. I mean, talk about how restless the crowd was on that first power play, especially. Oh, I mean, I, I think it's been a season like culminating in how the power play has been. I mean, you know, it's been good since the beginning of the year, I guess. Like, it's been better. Um, but, you know, to to see that this team is still in the hunt for a playoff spot, you would see that there's more urgency or you would expect some. And the fact that they couldn't get in the zone, they couldn't connect on passes, and that it was just easy for Chicago to have zone exits. It's just – it was not um, – it just wasn't going their way tonight. And, you know, the crowd gave it to them uh, during the power plays. It gave it to them during sloppy plays. And gave it to him at the end of the second period, to be honest with you. They, myself included, were not happy with the results that were going on. I mean, you have a team like Florida that's going in for a playoff spot, and then you have a team that's going for the first overall pick. Um, come on, yeah. guys. Like, let's let's go. Yeah. Uh, 
you said it best definitely with uh with how restless that crowd was uh tonight for for the Florida Panthers but we're going to transition over to segment number 2 where we're going to talk about the third the, uh, the third period that was for the Panthers we're going to talk about how they were able to come back Matthew Kachuk his heroics in, in in the third period getting the three primary assists uh in, in that period and how, and if we feel good about the win we're going to discuss that next year on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about FanDuel Sportsbook. And we're at the midway point of the NBA season. It's here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores to three straight. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Back on this Saturday, March 11th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers are coming off a 4-3 overtime win over the Chicago Blackhawks at home. Avoid getting this, um, avoid being swept by the Chicago Blackhawks. And Nick, the the Panthers got their second win of the season when trailing after the second period. There were one twenty two and one coming into tonight's game. Their goal differential in the third period was minus seventeen going into the, tonight. That includes both home and road. <laughs> and the Panthers outscore the Hawks three to one. If of course. Missed their opportunity with a regulation win to tie the New York Islanders in regulation wins with 29. The Panthers now ha- have 28. The, the Islanders have 29, and that's the biggest tiebreaker as far as points. They missed their opportunity there with the with the Chicago Blackhawks uh, scoring uh, with about 45 seconds left in in the third period. But let's talk about what happened prior to 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 <laughs> the the the, the, pan- the Chicago Blackhawks tying the game at three. Matthew Kachuk with just heroics there. I mean, the Etu Lustorena was aggressive on the forecheck and then just uh, a no-look pass from Matthew Kachuk to a cutting Sam Bennett on the doorstep to, to get it to one. And then just 29 seconds later, of course, there's a penalty in between with an interference call behind the net on um, Kurashev on Sam Reinhardt. Uh, Kachuk's shot deflects uh, off of Sam Reinhardt from the slot in and then a face-off win uh, for the Panthers. And the fact, and let's talk about that third goal, especially the quick passing. The 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 puck wasn't on their sticks for not even. It, it feels like not even half a second. And the 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 Chicago Blackhawks after the faceoff, which the Panthers struggled in the, on the dot on the night. I, I believe they lost faceoffs, fifty six percent to forty three on the night. Mm-hmm. And 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 the one rare win that they that they had the quick passing to get Etulustorin and right to the slot. Chicago not being set up and then that to take the lead for the for the Panthers just incredible just incredible game by Matthew Kachuk now sets an a, a record for most points for a Florida Panther in their first season with the team just how incredible has Matthew Kachuk been and just talk about how how you were feeling about that third period well about Matthew Kachuk um it's been a long time coming for me just because he's been missing for the last couple of games. To be mm-hmm. honest, he hasn't showed up on the score sheet. He hasn't really been making a huge impact, but 
the team needed him tonight, and he definitely showed it in the third period by possessing the puck, making smart plays, and just getting the puck on the sticks of the players that needed to have the puck. I mean, you talk about um, that board battle between you know him and Lusterinen that they won, and then they just put out in front with Sam Bennett. Panthers couldn't do that all game. Like mm-hmm. that was the first time they were able to actually get down into that area and actually get, you know, something going. And first time they're able to do that, boom, it's a goal. And then, as you said, 29 seconds later, they get the power play and he shoots it. I don't know if he was going for Reinhardt's stick, but it worked. I mean, you know, Reinhardt could, you know, I, I honestly think Reinhardt could be a baseball player with the way that he bats the puck out of the air most of the time. But that was a huge goal. That right there was a huge momentum um, shift just because – how many times have we seen it where the Panthers get like a goal and there's like false hope behind it, yes. you know, <laughs> um, this season, especially exactly like they'll score and then Chicago will come down right away and make it three, one. It's like, okay, well that, there goes that. But the fact that they were to get that one so quick was electric. The stadium really went off. I mean, I took my dad's little hat off or whatever. and was swinging around the crowd and everything in the section that I was in. And then the third goal, um, couldn't ask for a better shot from Luz Duran, and, and I can't be happier for a player this season to really start coming out of a shell and really showing, you know, the uh, the potential that he always had. And, you know, some people on Twitter will always say, like, hey, we won the Trocek trade because E2 is turning out the way that, you know, we always wanted him to. So, um, but back to Matthew Chuck, if it wasn't for him tonight, Florida might have been shut out or it would have been a depressing loss. Yeah, and all – and there's one thing that stuck out. I, I'm not sure if you. I, I'm not sure if you saw the frustration off Matthew Kachuk's uh, face, but Valley Sports showed a replay on the power play right before, right before Etu, um, excuse me, right before the Bennett goal, where the Panthers were starting to attack more. They didn't get anything on the power play on that one. Ekblad shoots it from the point. Matthew Kachuk tries deflecting it. Um, pass uh, Mrazek, but misses the mm-hmm. net on the deflection. Yep. And you see him swinging his stick after in frustration, and it just goes to show how much, uh, how how much he cares, how much he's just all effort out there too, uh, as well. And then just it's crazy. Soon after, that's when that's when they get the first goal to start uh, that comeback as well. And Sergey Bobrovsky wasn't busy uh, really much tonight, uh, which gives me gives me a little bit of optimism that he's going to start on this uh, back-to-back um, yes. against the Winnipeg Jets. I, I, I think that, I think that we, there's good signs that, um, that he's going to. Uh, Maurice but, already said he was. Oh, I have not seen the tweet. So thank you. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> but but uh, I, but cra- crazy to think as well, also in that overtime, uh, how the Panthers started off with no, no defensemen. Uh, they went all the forwards in, in the first few shifts and then, uh, and then the big save of the night, um, Sergey Bobrovsky yeah. on, on Dickinson in, in overtime. And also, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Brandon Montour before the goal. Andreas Asinusiu was about to have a grade A opportunity on Sergey Bobrovsky, and then you see Montour just skating over to take away any shooting lane, and then Asinusiu just takes away the net, uh, takes away any shot opportunity for for Asinusiu, and then Barkov. Many white jerseys up near the near the blue line, and then and then uh, Bar- Barkov just chip uh, chips it over to Montour, and then my goodness, the no look backhand pass five hole to beat Mrazek, Montour, <laughs> and that was Montour's 
career high in goals in 12, yeah. his 12th goal, which is a career high. Just just uh just uh just amazing how the with the, with this Panthers team they haven't we haven't seen many comebacks but this was this was uh this was a game that could have ended very poorly we could have we were about to come on here tonight and just talk about how the season was over <laughs> like <But> last week <laughs> now now we're talking survival for this team yeah and you know it, it's funny to bring that up about Montour because we spoke about earlier uh, this episode that you know he pinched on that first goal which caused a two on one. So, you know, you giveth away, but you also taketh at the same time. So um, I didn't really think he scored that, to be honest with you. Like, that was ridiculous. The fact that he was able to go backhand, no look under Mrazek. The only thing that could tell me is that Mrazek wasn't actually expecting that shot. Oh, no way. At all. At all. And you could just see the expression on his face after it went in, after he noticed it went in. And he just, like, he wanted to lay flat on the ice. But, um the, the team played the way that they should have probably 10 minutes into the second, five minutes, 15 minutes into the second. And then from there, they played the way that they should have. Um, you know, it, they were lucky to get out two points. Oh, yeah. um, the, the, the final goal, not Bobrovsky's fault. It was a broken play. Mm-hmm. He saved the initial shot that went off of Mark Stahl and it just went under him and then came back out a little bit. So he actually saved the deflection off first. And then uh, who was it? Was it um, Gooden? I think it was. It was Cole, Cole Gutman. Gutman. Okay. Gutman, who just backhanded. He had, he had an open net and everything. Bob yeah. was already out of the play He's and camping. everything. But, yeah, I mean – the only person that I would probably blame on there not doing their job was my boy Lundell taking away his stick and probably taking the body. But at the same time, like it was a broken play. I think it went through three Panthers or hit three Panthers before it went in the back of the net. So again, I think Bob played very well. He stopped the puck. He didn't have a lot of rebounds and he controlled the play, um, which is very encouraging considering the workload he's had. And again, you know, as I just said, I'm very happy to hear that he's going to get the start tomorrow against Winnipeg because you got you got to roll him he, he's he's feeling it right now no, no doubt and Sergey Bobrovsky with the win tonight he he passes Thomas Vilkun for third all-time Ooh. for the for for wins in Florida Panthers history and he's five wins away from passing John Van Beesbrook for second all-time he's still Ooh. ways away from Roberto Luongo but just uh in, in just over over three years of, of what Bobrovsky's done and of course Goalie wins aren't necessarily an indicate a one hundred percent indication of play, and it helps that the Panthers can score. But still, what what the, what Sergey Bobrovsky has been able to do, especially in the in the since mid December, has just been just been outstanding, and and he deserves all of his roses, uh, for for sure on how he's played tonight. But in segment number three, we are going to discuss and ask a question: Is this a is this a win to feel good about? And we are going to talk about the upcoming game for the Florida Panthers against the Winnipeg Jets on Saturday night on today's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment on this Saturday, March 11th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast with a Friday night recording. It's still a Fairbanks <laughs> Friday edition of the show. Nick Fairbanks is here after experiencing a four to three overtime win for the Florida Panthers live at FLA Live Arena. And Nick, 
Got gotta ask the question because <laughs> comebacks are exciting. And we know the circumstances that the Florida Panthers are in. Now just two points out of the final wild card spot, which the the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Penguins will be playing a nationally televised game tomorrow against the Flyers. The Islanders will be facing off against the Capitals at home tomorrow. But for for the for the Panthers, uh, is this a game you feel good about winning? So you know, if you would have asked me, probably about thirty minutes into the game, hell no. This was a terrible, terrible game. Um, but considering the fact that they have not had too many comebacks this year and that they've found ways to lose games, unfortunately. And, you know, and I don't mean to say this about teams that, you know, are obviously in the lottery and everything, but they have a tendency to play down teams. I mean, they had to come back against Anaheim last week. Yep. Um, and now they have to come back against Chicago. I mean, you think of all the games that they had this season that they should have won, like against your Columbuses, your Phillies. You know, we talk about this, I feel like, every Friday. <laughs> um, you know, had they gotten a point or, you know, won those games, they wouldn't be in the position they are. So, for me, personally, since I'm from Chicago and I detest the Blackhawks, yes, this is a win, a game to feel good about, you know, a win to good, feel good about. Yeah, and I consider also the fact that the Panthers were able to weather their storms on the PK going six for six on the night. Of course, their their PK is third worst in the league. And yeah, yeah you don't want to go to the box a lot of times, but weathering the storms as far as, as, as that part of the game and the fact that it the Chicago Blackhawks weren't dominating the possession uh, – on on the other side and it was just and and the, and the issues that the Panthers had with giving up those goals are they're they're fixable they I, I believe mm-hmm. I believe they are so I I, I do I, I think this is a win that you can build off of but it's it doesn't mean that there can't be alarms neither as far as that I mean we've seen the alarms all season I mean <laughs> they're 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 the first team they're technically the first team out as far as points wise, I know the Sens right now own a better points percentage by two hundredth of a point. Buffalo has fallen out a little bit after, uh, after, uh, after yeah. allowing Dallas ten goals the other night. That but, was a fantastic game to watch, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Mar- Marchman scored, uh, by the way. Uh, yes, he did. Game. But but with the with the Panthers, I mean, the alarms. It's like it's still there for 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 this team, but it's still. When you look at when you go back to the penalty kill, something something to be somewhat satisfied, but not completely. Definitely, and they got to figure it out. They got they got to understand that you know they were the President Trophy winners last year, and now that they're the most penalized team or called penalized uh, team in the NHL, and. You know, you maybe you got to think about what you're doing and what are you doing to put yourself in a position to take a penalty? Is it that you're not skating? You're not trying hard enough? Um, are you not being, uh, you know, knowledgeable, you know, with your stick? I mean, is it too high? Are you hitting a guy in the face? Um, I just I just think that they need to really calm themselves and really just play their game because, again, you know, we've said it multiple times five on five they're a fantastic team they're plus 22 
when it get when they get in trouble is when it comes to special teams. You know, they're either not going to score on the power play or they're going to get scored on in the PK. Um, so, I mean, luckily they're playing Chicago tonight. They didn't really have, you know, their power players. I mean, they don't have Kane anymore. Taves is probably on the shelf for the rest of the season and hope he gets better, you know, health-wise. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, let's clean it up, boys. You know, you're not going to be able to have these chances during the playoffs if you make it. And even last year against the Capitals, it was horrific. I mean, they couldn't score on the power play, and yet every time Washington had a power play, it seemed like TJ Yoshi or TJ Yoshi, not Yoshi, uh, was was there in the slot tipping pucks, and it just it made the series go longer than what was expected. But at the same time, you know, they have to be better. They they have to be more disciplined. No, no doubt, and uh, and. and... Going six times is uh, not something you you want 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 to see. Uh, that that's for sure for this team. But uh, let's turn our attention to Saturday night's game against the Winnipeg Jets. The the Jets are kind of on the downward trajectory, but Money Puck still has them at a seventy one percent chance of making the postseason. While Calgary has uh, gotten a few wins here and there. Right now, Calgary is actually losing to the Anaheim Ducks two to one at home. Uh, so so yeah the. The but they theirs at, is at forty nine percent. So the Winnipeg Jets are going to come in desperate. They're on the front end of a back to back too. So there there might be a chance that the Winnipeg Jets uh, start David Riddich uh, against the against the Florida Panthers and they um, play Connor Hellebuck against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Usually, uh, teams like to play the worst goalie against the Panthers historically. But I mean. With, uh, but with there was a stat about most defensemen goal most goals by defensemen the panthers and the jets are in the top 3 there of course josh morrissey is having a a, a great season for the winnipeg jets as well vesna a vesna candidate even though it's going to be lenis allmarks's award more than mm-hmm. likely this year but and and of course there's a the motivation of facing off against their former coach in paul Maurice <laughs> after everything that happened there after everything that went down uh, of course, Mark Shifley, Pierre Luc Dubois are 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 players you cannot sleep on. Of course, nope. and but they're they're uh, they're hungry for some wins. They're they're not playing well as 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 of late. Two again, two six and two. Uh, how are you seeing? How are you seeing a Saturday night's game? Um, well, the Jets play a big boy game. They have a lot of big bodies. If you don't play physical or match their tone, you're going to get run over. Um, I'm trying to figure out uh, when Florida. Yeah, Florida played them back in December on the sixth, and they got scrubbed five to two. And I think and that were, game was they're injury riddled too. That one. That was the last they, game of their Canadian road trip. They had no Gudas in that one. I remember. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, uh, they, and, uh, they we were had not, no Lundell neither. No Lundell, and um, you know I'm not I'm not putting it all on him, but uh, Spencer Knight was in. Uh, it was in net. And this game was done after the second period. It looks like Winnipeg was up four to one, but you know, hopefully and I'm not expecting it. You know, as you said, you know, we're catching on to these kind of things, but hopefully Anthony Duclair will be healthy enough to play tomorrow because he does add another dynamic and he's definitely um, proven me uh, wrong because I wasn't sure how he was going to fit into the Paul Maurice uh, scheme of things, just because he likes to play more of a defensive game dump and chase where Duke really thrives on the rush or at least getting the puck and having the puck on a stick. So 
Um, if he's ready to go, that could add something that, you know, maybe, you know, the Jets, it might pull the Jets out of position. But at the same time, Florida's got to bring their lunch pail tomorrow. If, if they play like they did for the first 30 minutes, you know, against Chicago, against the Jets, we're going to have a repeat of what happened in December. Yeah, and and Barkoff also didn't play uh, that game neither against the Winnipeg Jets. So just a just a game that it, that was a that was a game that was when you look back at it, it was a really hard game to judge by uh, when, when it came to when it came to the Panthers uh, against the Winnipeg Jets at at, at that time. But a, a chance for Palmeries to get a little bit of a victory lap, even though I think Palmeries is a little bit more concerned about just winning and getting a playoff spot. And just trying to trying to get get a little, one one step closer. Uh, and and the Panthers, they're gonna have four days off after Saturday. Lots of rest. You welcome in the Canadians after that. And of course the the the, the Devils will be back. And I, I don't I don't I don't know if I want to look too far, but we remember about the whole Nico Heizer and Sasha Barkov uh, face off yep. injured Barkov. And then in the second matchup within a week, Matthew Kachuk goes after Nico Heizer after the game was well in hand. So a, a big week for, for the Panthers definitely uh, coming up for, for, for them and a, a, a good opportunity in game five of seven of the seven game homestand only, only dropped one. So, so far in, in a game where, where it was still very winnable against Nashville, just, uh, just over a week ago, and 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 the Panthers, home cooking. Uh, that this is a place that they're very comfortable in in, in, in playing. So very very encouraging, uh, despite a little bit of a scare uh, in this one to get a win, and time time to build off it, Nick. Time to just build off it. So I wanted to ask you a question based off of their schedule coming up. We obviously play Winnipeg tomorrow, and then they don't play until next Thursday against Montreal then New Jersey, and then Detroit and Philly. In your opinion, what would be a respectable record after those five games? After those five games? You mean, you mean four? Do you mean the rest? Wait, oh, okay. You mean you're including Detroit and Philly there, right? Yes, yes. 4-1-0. So would you be okay with losing to Winnipeg and losing the next four, and then winning the next four? Yes. Okay. Because uh, I, I think that is possible. I think Winnipeg is going to be the toughest one, whereas Montreal, I mean, they already know they're kind of out of it. They want us to lose so that they get a better draft pick. Let's not, you know, let's not. <laughs> and Portis uh, owned Montreal this year. Y- yeah. And uh, let's <laughs> let's not remind ourselves of Ben Sherrod because he's been terrible, even for Detroit. Um, I think we have New Jersey's number. Um, they're obviously the Panthers of this year, but I think that, you know, we have a recipe to beat them. Detroit sold everybody but Larkin. And, uh, you know, Stevie Y, I think, actually pulled off quite a heist. But I think, you know, considering what they have going on, I think they can beat Detroit. And Philly, you know, as we talked about earlier in the season, that's another game that Florida should have won. But you don't know. And they just fired Chuck Fletcher today. Uh Former Panthers, <laughs> former Panthers assistant GM Chuck Fletcher was assistant yeah. GM for the Panthers for nine years. Uh, so, so yeah, he's uh, after a pretty disastrous trade deadline. There was the rumors of is JVR getting traded? Is he not? And then ended up not not happening. So, disastrous trade deadline for for uh, 
for uh, the Pennsylvania teams. Uh, Ron Hextall also didn't have a good uh, uh, trade deadline for the Penguins as well. So, yeah, just a <laughs> tough, tough time to be a Pennsylvania hockey fan, that, that's for sure. But, Nick, I want to thank you so much once again for joining me on another edition of Fairbanks Friday here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you, and glad that you were able to experience a win in person at FLA Live Arena. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you online. Armando, thanks for having me on again uh, every Friday. And, um, you know, it was always good to see Florida win, but especially against Chicago Blackhawks, there's a little bit of a, you know, chocolate swirl and cherry on top for me for that. So, um, but for those of you who are listening, please give me a follow at Prudentia Zero. Uh, I'll be back next Friday, hopefully. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about hopefully a win against the uh, Montreal Habitat. Yeah. And, uh, Congratulations to your Bears on uh, on getting a, <laughs> a few uh, draft capital for their number one overall pick uh, too. So congratulations! You to don't. Them. Thank you. Um, I'll give them the credit for that. Um, maybe I'll talk offline about how I really feel about that trade. <laughs> <laughs> for, for sure, since we're out of time. But thank thank you so much, Nick, and I will see you next week. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stu Roden, and Lockdown NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's edition of Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs> <laughs>